Welcome to the EMSP podcast. That's the Emergency Medical Services Physician Podcast. to discuss the types of EMS systems on this episode. The goal of this podcast is to provide education and discuss innovative topics as it pertains to emergency medical services, in addition to reiterating some of the principles that uh, not all of us may be familiar with. I'd like to integrate it from the pre-hospital care setting in through the emergency department and even beyond, say, in the ICU, for example, with critical care topics. A background on myself, I am an emergency medicine physician here in Virginia who stuck around after residency and actually went for an EMS fellowship. Minus a, you know, minus a few things here and there throughout undergrad and medical school, I didn't have a robust EMS background. Uh, but I still enjoyed being out there, getting in touch with the providers and also with the with the city. Um, so in a way, this podcast is a way for me to kind of selfishly develop my own educational background, um, but hopefully as a byproduct, you all can benefit too. All right, that's enough of my rambling. Let's get started. As far as EMS systems go, there's several types, but you'll see recurring themes in a few over and over again, and that's what I'm going to discuss are those categorical ones that you see quite frequently, specifically in the United States. I'm going to start with fire-based EMS systems, and this makes sense when you think about the infrastructure that fire departments have or had prior to the expansion of EMS itself. Uh, fires were much more common in history, and having firefighters able to respond within minutes was important, especially in larger municipalities and, and in big cities. So it only makes sense to incorporate EMS into these already established departments. It makes sense from a personnel perspective and also a financial perspective. Uh, for the most part, you'll see what I mean by that in a minute. Most fire departments will train their firefighters in BLS and or ALS. This gives them a dual function and it cuts down on cost from a total numbers perspective. It costs less to add equipment to existing stations and personnel, and it costs less to supplement training than it does to start from scratch, for instance. Some of this is outweighed by the fact that in general, for better or worse, the pay and benefits uh, for firefighters is higher compared to separate EMS or private EMS gigs. Also, fire stations are 12 or 24 or 36 hour operations in terms of staffing. And if they don't deploy some type of dynamic staffing where you have more ambulances in service when the volumes are higher, you might be bleeding money on staff when you might not necessarily need them. Another big thing with fire-based services is the fact that many firefighters chose that profession to be firefighters and forcing their hand and requiring them to get their medic might lead to dissatisfaction with the job and ultimately poor patient care. But then again, there's less and less fires and increasing medical calls, so it's a contentious topic in fire and EMS, and it has its disadvantages and advantages, and really just depends on if that system will work or not for a given community. 
What other systems exist? Well, a common one is municipal EMS, or you may hear it as third service. And what this is, is basically like separating out police, fire, and EMS. You can extrapolate some of the benefits and disadvantages from our previous conversation about fire-based EMS uh, in a third service type system. The sole focus is on EMS now, and there's no more stepchild mentality, at least from those within the agency, because that's not to say that there's not some of that going on on the governmental or especially the political level. The budget for the agency is going solely towards promoting medical care, and the provider education is solely focused on medical care, so in theory the patients should benefit from this. A big disadvantage comes historically from budgeting. By law, Police and fire are government-funded municipal services. However, EMS may not be included in this, and by virtue of unions and public opinion, EMS make it kind of the shaft when it comes to budget cuts. Despite the contention, it's still important to have good relationships because over half the time, the fire service will be the first on scene to actually initiate and provide medical care, but only a quarter of the time are they the ones that actually transport the patient to the hospital. Most urban and suburban cities will have a handoff from fire to EMS or they will work in tandem. If cities don't want a fire-based EMS system but also don't want to burden themselves with funding and managing their own agency, then another option is to contract this out with a private company. I won't use any brand names here, but three letters is all you'd need. The way this works is either through licensing or franchising, with the latter probably being the better way to go. Licensure is just saying any ambulance service that meets a certain standard can operate in that locale, whereas franchising puts a contract and a number to the private company so you don't have eight different companies competing for a given location. A lot of the times it's one franchise for a city or for a suburb. Or sometimes a municipal EMS system will take all 911 calls and then transfer out non-emergent calls to a private company. There's multiple ways to provide oversight for a private EMS agency, and it kind of all depends on how the government entity wants to run it. Ultimately, a private EMS agency is constantly trying to A, make money for the company itself, and B, prove their worth to this city. And this is all while not breaching a contract, basically saying that you will provide a certain standard of care. So for instance, there may be more of a focus on productivity, cost effectiveness, and you know, as well as metrics. There's other types of quote-unquote private EMS services out there like volunteer agencies and hospital-based agencies. Some of these systems are limited and used in tandem with other municipal services. And there can also be hybrid systems that combine elements of two different kinds. Tactical EMS is a separate entity altogether and probably deserves its own dedicated deep dive. But just recognize also that most police departments train their staff in at least medical first responder and sometimes more. And they're often first on scene, so don't underestimate the role that they play in the field. And that sums up the majority of EMS systems, specifically here in the United States. Obviously, there's going to be some nuances depending on certain cities or states, but nonetheless, the majority of them can be somewhat categorized into these types. I'll be discussing in further detail some of these nuances, including deployment planning and personnel, 
So take a listen to those and hopefully with this general overview, you will be well prepared as we explore other topics. I'm always open to any questions, comments, or concerns, but that's it for this episode, so I'll see you guys next time. Fade out to the metal.